This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Very interesting in the Chumash. Chumash, Chumash, give me a Chumash somebody. Is there a Chumash back there? My Chumash, we need a Chumash. So when Sarah died, so Abraham Avinu, Abraham Avinu, uh, made a hesped, a eulogy. And very interesting. It says, Batamos Sarah Bikiyas Abba, Sarah Dani Kiyas Abba, He Chevron Earth Canaan, is it Chevron Earth Canaan? How many people were buried in, how many people are buried in, um, the Martha Machpela? Eight. Four couples, right? Adam Chava, Avram Sarah, Yitzhak, Yitzhak Rivka, and no, no, he's ahead. And, and, um, Yaakov and Leah and Esav's head. But tonight we're going to learn in the Chidah that there's another couple buried in the Muslim Archipelago that no one knows. I told someone this week, he's like, you are making up a story. <laughs> there's no way you could find a reference to what you're saying. And I said, there's another couple buried in and they're like, everyone goes to Masamachpela, and we have Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Adam, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, right? And we have Sarah, Rivka, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Chava, Sarah, he says, he says, you know, I like your shiur, but you can't make things up. And I'm like, there's another couple buried there, and I'll show it to you. And they're like, he's like, who? And I'm like, Moshe Rabbeinu and Zipporah. And he's like, no. Nah. Right? No way. Moshe <laughs> Ben was buried in a mountain somewhere. We don't know where he's buried. Right? You know that, right? Okay. So he said the same, he said the same thing. He said, you cannot prove that to me. And I don't even want to tell you what he told me. He would buy me if I could. But of course, he won't buy it for me. But anyway, so, ah, ha, ha, ha. So listen to this chidah before we even start. Come to our Walton Shia, you'll hear something you never heard before. What? Yeah. Okay, I, listen, I didn't write the Chidah, did I? I didn't write the Chidah. Listen to this. And I'll prove it to you from the Pusik. It got even better. Okay? It says, and he, and he, um, he buried her. El, where's the Pusik? Uh, we have to It's not on yet. I gotta wait till it's on. I'm waiting till it's on because no one's gonna believe this. It's on? Where is it? Oh, it's here. Okay. Um, listen to this. It says in the Pasuk that after he bought the Marsal Pela, Kaba Abraham Esari Ishtoi. Avram buried Sarah, his wife, El to Ma'aras, Steha Machpelah, till the, till the cave of the Steha of the Machpelah, right? Okay, boys, let's check it out. You ready? What's the first letter of Ma'aras? Come on, you sleeping? Mem. I can't see you, my glasses are off. Um, what's the first letter of today? What's the first letter of Hamachpelah? What does that spell? Thank you very much. Moshe Rabbeinu. Now listen to this. Listen to this Chidah. If you want to look it up, all those watching and listening who of course would say like, he's out of his mind. Moshe Rabbeinu is not buried in Hamachpelah, right? So it's in the Chidah, Pashat Chayisara, Perech of Dalit. Today Hamachpelah. Kosav Rabbeinu Eliezer Migarmiza. Bixivas Yadi said, I saw it written, says the Chidah. Ma'aras today amachpela, Roshetevis Moshe. It's the, it's the Roshetevis of the word Moshe. The Hamaskil Yavin, and whoever's smart will understand this. So at this point, I wasn't that smart, I didn't understand it. The Eshelir Moshe. Mashahebi be Yalkut Ruveni. Now, everybody knows Yalkut Ruveni. It's not some, uh, right? Yalkut Shimoni, Yalkut Ruveni. He says, it's brought down in the Yalkut Ruveni, Pashat Vizoysa Bracha, in Pashat Vizoysa Bracha, from a sefer called Sefer Tmuna, the Maisha Rabbeinu Olava Shalom, the Tzipora, Nigburu, the Ma'arasa Machpela, Etul Avasa Oilam Ayin Sham. 
that Moshe Rabbeinu and his wife Tzipora were buried in the Maras HaMachpelah next to, with the Ovet HaVoseinu. Ba'alpizeh, and therefore he says, Osi Shapir, it is very nice, that Rashi Teves, the Rashi Teves of Ma'ara says, Emachpelah Moshe. Okay? Gam, El Moshe, Rashi Teves, Ma'ara says, Emachpelah Gematria, Tzipora, the Rosh Hashanah of Ma'ara today, Hamachpela, Mem Shin Hey is the same gematria as Sephora. Very cool. Let's see if that's true. Of course, it's true, but the Chiddush says it has to be true. Well, let's see if we're right. Um, El Moshe, I don't know exactly what's saying it. The gematria of Sephora is two hundred ninety, two hundred ninety, three hundred and seventy-five. So how does that work? Mo'aras, Sidei, Roshiteves, Mo'azabah, Gam El Moshe. Oh, he's using the word El Moshe also. Umashah with Kiyos Abba, but he has a very big question, which is bothering all of you. It's called Kiyos Abba. What does Rashi say? Why is it called Kiyos Abba? Because Abba Zuga is Shinigurusham. It's called Kiyos Abba because there were four couples that were buried there. Now you're telling me Moshe Rabbeinu and Tzipora were buried there. That's five couples. Should have been Kiryas Hamisha. You'd have to change all the signs in Israel, right? <laughs> you can't go to Kiryas right? So he says the answer is that Messiah brings down from Messiah. Sorry, guys. He said, you know, he brings down that that that's only talking about the four couples that were buried after they died. They died. They brought them straight to the Messiah Machpelah. But Moshe Rabbeinu on the bottom he says following. Well, the Taras Mashinikri Kiris Arba Vahari Vahari Hev Chamesh Dugos. How could you call it Kiris Arba? There were five couples. Vahayno Elishni Ruv Eitz Piti Rasim. Those were the couples, the four couples that died when they they were buried when they died. But Moshe Rabbeinu Shinigba Bahar Nevo. He was buried in the Har Nevo. Ulam Achakach Lizman Meruba. After a long time, of the Marasa Machpela, the angels brought him to the Marasa Machpela. It makes sense that Moshe Rabbeinu should be buried in the Marasa Machpela. It just makes sense. It's, it's, it says that Mashiach, it says that Tchiyas HaMesim starts there. Tchiyas HaMesim, the first Tchiyas HaMesim, starts in the Marasa Machpela. So, so this guy was like, whoa. So I was also like, whoa, when I learned it. I learned it last month to Shabbos. So I love Chidah. Chidah is where it's at. Okay. Anyway, so now you know something no one else knows. I guarantee you that you will go to any shul and ask, well, unless they learn chidah, ask any rabbi, your rebbe, your chabus, anyone you want to know. And you're like, could you tell me who was buried in Yerushalayim Machpelah? Who's the fifth couple? No way. No way. And when you say Moshe Rabbeinu, they will tell you that you don't know what you're talking about. And you'll pull out the chidah, and you'll show it to them, and they'll think you're big time Okay. Anyway, now, the question is like this. It says, "But Thomas Sarah b'Kiyas Arba, she died. He chevrat of Yabai Abraham l'spoid l'Sara, and Abraham came to eulogize Sarah, to live chosa and to cry for her. There's a teeny little chaf. There's a little teeny chaf. Why is there a little teeny chaf? The Farshim say because he cried a little. That's not a good thing. Your wife dies, and the Torah tells everybody that you didn't bother you. That he cried a little. Why would the Torah make a little chaf to tell us?" That when he came to when he came to eulogize Sarah, he didn't cry much. Just the opposite. Abraham Avinu and Sarah was so close; it should have been a big giant chaf. He lost his wife, and he cried a lot. So why is there a small chaf? Anyone here know? Because he, because he accepted it. So he didn't. So he, he, didn't want, he didn't want people to think that Hashem did something really bad. Yeah, and, and it happens to be one of the answers. It was the first uh, one to discover Hashem, so he was. Uh, he didn't want to make, make him big. big fuss about death, because it would look like he's judging Hashem. Right. Okay, that's a good answer. So a different answer is like this, which is really important in all our, in all our lives. Every tonight when we down my riv, we're going to say the following. Vahaser, where are you? Vahaser satan lefanenu mechreinu u'vitzekin lefachet tafdireinu. Here, so in Hashkivenu tonight, right by Myriv, we say the following: 
remove from us oyev, dever, or an enemy, and disease, and sword, and hunger. Vahasa satan, remove the satan, milfanenu, from in front of us, ume acharenu, and from behind us. So, we all have the satan in front of us, and he tries to make us do terrible, terrible things that we shouldn't do. But who has the satan behind them? So what does it mean? We, we take the satan behind me? The satan's not behind me, the satan's in front of me. Right? You don't watch a movie with the movie screen behind you. Movie screen's in front of you. Right? You don't. You can't see what's behind you. So what does this mean? This is very important because this has to do with the Akedah. And the answer is as follows. That, I'll tell you a story that happened with me. So I had this guy who never went to Minyan. He never went to Minyan. He never went to Minyan. I worked on him for years to go to Minyan. He didn't have, he didn't have to go to Minyan. Anyway, finally, he got a little inspiration. And he said, okay, Rebbe, I'm going to go to my first chakras in a few years. I'm like, where are we going? Landau's? Fine. I'll meet you by Landau's. I think it was on a Friday. He said, but no, Rebbe, I'm not getting up early. Um, I'm going to go like to the 11 o'clock meeting. I don't know. He went to a very late meeting. I said, okay, I'll dive and I'll meet you there, whatever it is. So he, he kind of shows up after all these years. He shows up at Dominion. Okay. And I don't dive, in, I dive in late, but I don't dive in that late. Anyway, so we finished like, was like at 12 by Landau's, whatever it is, maybe later. And he comes out and he's got a ticket on his car. And he's freaking out. Because he hasn't got, he's one of these guys that, like, you know, I have a bathroom that I wallpapered with orange. It's beautiful, all the tickets. But most people are very mocked for not to get tickets, you know? So, um, so it really bothered him because he was like this guy that never got tickets. And he's like, you see? You see? I told you. I'm not coming to Minion. He says, and I wish I didn't come today. I, I don't get tickets. Now, now you're going to pay it for me? You're going to pay the ticket for me, Rabbi? I'm like, time out. I said, you work so hard to break yourself to come to Minion and if you're going to say I'd rather have not have come to Minion you will not get any credit for coming to Minion because the way it works is as follows that if your machshava is after you do a good deed you feel bad that you did the good deed you say I wish I didn't do this I, you, know, you give someone tzedakah and then you gave him your, you gave him a doll, but you know it was your last doll. And then you're really hungry. You go to the potato chip machine, you put your hand in your pocket. Oh my gosh! I, I wish I wouldn't have given that guy that dollar. He lost it. So the Yitzhak is very smart. He fights with you in front, and he's like, "Come on, do the savera, do the savera, do the savera, do the savera." And you're stark, and you're fighting it, and you're fighting it, and you're fighting it, and you don't do the savera. So you think he's gone? He lost. He never loses. I mean, he doesn't like to lose. So now he comes from behind you. Behind you means it's past. It, the, the deed is done. Machrenu is before the deed. Machrenu is before you do the deed, right? So he's trying to get you to do the deed. Machrenu means post the deed. So once he loses, he doesn't give up. He tries to get you to feel bad that you did it. Look what I did. You know, I, I, I get it all the time with girls who have sneers. They're snuas and they're modest and they dress modest. And then, and then like after a few years of going out, it's not working. They're like, you know, right Wallace, my girlfriend, my friend who I grew up with, she went to clubs, she hung out with guys, she's married with three kids. I was, I went to, to Israel, I went to seminary, I went to all your classes, my scripts were always the way it's supposed to be. I, I didn't listen, I, I'm not on Facebook and I don't listen to rock and roll. And, 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 and she has two kids already and I'm not even married. I wish, I wish I would have been like her. And, I, and I, I'd be married with two kids. All that sneers and all that stuff she did, gone. Because if you machshava, if you have charata, you feel bad about what you did, then they take away what you did. So the sultan's very smart. You think you're done with him. I beat you. But if you feel bad about it, you lose it. So, now, why does it work that way? Anyone here can figure out why it works that way? Come on, boys, wake up. Why does it work that way? What do you mean? I, I, I did it. What do you mean? I did it. I, I did it. So I felt bad. Now I feel bad that I that he davened. But he davened. He went to me and he put on tefillin. He died with the minion. He answered the main. So because he feels bad, he loses it. He did it. What do you mean? So I felt bad about it. And the answer is, it has to be that way. Because when you do an Avera, if you have charata, right, they take the Avera away. So if, 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 it's, if, it, if you did something and then charata, feeling bad about it later on, doesn't take it away, then when you do Averis, it also doesn't take it away. 
So it's, it's, it's for tshuva, right? So it works both ways. So I do something bad, so the, the, the assistant says, so he feels bad about it, but he did it. He ate the burger, he ate the cheeseburger, right? So now he's like, oh, I feel bad. So who cares if he feel bad? He ate the burger. Shem says, no, charata wipes out the avera. So the satan says, charata wipes out the mitzvah. It works both ways. Everything's mida k'nege mida. It works both ways. So the satan says, charata erases it, it also erases the mitzvah. So when a person has a mitzvah, you're not happy about it because you lost money or, you know, you were a good guy. And because you're a good guy, you lost the real estate deal and then the real estate deal, you know, uh, you know, I remember many times, I, I, not many times, but I missed the plane sometimes, right? And sometimes I missed the plane because I, I went to Minyan and then whatever, and I, I put him on Rabbeinu Tom's anyway. I'm going to make the plane anyway. And I, don't make the, and I don't make the plane. I get there and they say, no, sorry, plane's closed. Have a good day. So in my head, I'm, I'm saying to myself, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't have in, you know, that long and, and, and whatever it is. But you know what? The plane's probably going to crash. And, and, and everyone's gonna get killed, and I'm gonna have this whole story that I, I'm gonna come to my, you know, class, and they're all gonna hear about this plane that crashed, and I'm gonna say, you know, here's my ticket, I was on that plane, and I only missed it because I dived. You see guys, you do the right thing, right? So, so I track it, you can track, you can track flights. So I track the flight, I'm waiting for it to go like, you know, it didn't, it didn't make it, or delayed for eight hours, you know? Going to LA, it's happened to me, right? And I missed the flight going to LA, and I missed everything because of it, right? And I'm like, huh. We'll see what happens, right? The plane will go eight hours on the on the, on, the, on the runway. Problems. Always the plane lands early. Always track the plane. Not only did it crash, not only did it get delayed, it got there twenty minutes earlier. So if you're like, oh, I wish I, w- I wish you know what? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have down so long. It's all gone. It's all gone. So many times in our lives, we grow and we change, and then we feel bad about it because our friends are having a party, having a great time, and we're not. So that's the ma'achreno. That's the hasasatim lufnenu u'me'achreno. Don't let him make me feel regret on what I did and my, what I did right. Now, why am I telling you this? There's a reason I'm telling you this. This is what happened. This whole story, Chayisara happened. What last week's parsha right after the akeda. So Aramavinu does the biggest test in his life, and he passes it, and he comes home. To celebrate with his wife, Baruch Hashem, I passed the test, and Yitzchak's alive. And he comes home, they're like, oh, sorry, she's dead. She died. What do you mean she died? Yeah, she heard what you were doing, she heard what happened. It says even on the way to Hebron, she wanted to go see where they were. She heard about the Akedah, and she died. So everyone expected that Avraham Avinu would feel bad that he, that he, that he did the Akedah. He lost his wife. Right? So that he would be very, very upset. So they all came to Leviah to see how upset Abraham's going to be that because he did a mitzvah, his wife died, so he's going to cry a lot. So Ulib Chaisa, the Torah tells us, he cried very, very little. He said, don't you think for one second that I have any regrets what I did. Even though my wife died, I have no regrets. So the Torah puts a little teeny chaf to show us that he had absolutely no regrets. And sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes, you know, you do the right thing, and you think one plus one is going to equal two, and it equals nine, or it doesn't equal anything. And that's, that's, that's what we dive in. You know, people don't know. They dive in it every night. They don't know what they're saying. That's what we dive in, that you should not have remorse or regret when you do a mitzvah. And that's what Avraham Avinu taught us over here. Okay. Now for some interesting things. So, we have talked about this in the past. Um, we're going to repeat it because it has a lot to do with, it has a lot to do with, um, this week's Pasha. So, Yitzchak Avinu, this is a Rav Chaim Vital. The Chidot talks about it, Rav Chaim Vital talks about it, the Zayar talks about it. It's brought down in many, many places. Yitzchak Avinu was born, and I'll, I'm going to show you proofs of this today. Yitzchak Avinu was born with a Neshama de Nukva, with a, nish, a female Neshama. Now, when it, when it says a female Neshama, it doesn't mean what you think. Okay? He wasn't weird. It's not what, that's not what it means. In Kabbalah, female, Nekeva, is Din. People think the opposite. A woman is a Baal No. Isha, Nekeva, is Din. And Zohar is, and there's many Pesukim of it, and Zohar is, is Rachamim. Okay? So, he was born with a Neshama of Din. Not a Neshama of Rachamim. Now, 
if the man has a neshama of din and the woman has a neshama of din, they can't have children. One has to be din. Din and rachamim is a zivug. Din and din is not, and rachamim and rachamim is not. So when Yitzhak was born with this neshama, the nukva, this female neshama, he could not have children. He was an akar. He could not have children. At the same time, I'm going to learn an inside from you in the, in the Chida. At the same time, and I'll show you all the proofs in the words. At the same time, Adam, not Adam, Avraham was a Gilgal of Adam, and Sarah was a Gilgal of Chava. And Yitzchak, because he was born with a female Neshama, was connected to Sarah Imenu and Chava, which was the same, Neshama. He was part of their Neshama de Nukva. You see a little bit by Sarah Imenu with Ishmael. She was much, she's like, throw him out. Abraham was like, I don't really know if we should. He was more, he was Rachamim, she was Din, right? Okay. So now, when, and it's just, it's just very fascinating. I'll tell you why it's fascinating. Because many times, again, going back to what I just told you about dating and all this stuff, that many times you think you're doing the right thing and, 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 and you try to do the right thing and the, and the, and the Satan is telling you in your ear that no, you, you're all mixed up, you're doing the wrong thing and it's not going to pay off and it's, it doesn't have a good, so what happened over here was that the Satan, when Yitzhak and Avram last week's Pasha, were on the way to the, to the, to Hara Maria, so if you, if a, if a Navi has two Navuas, right? If a Navi has two Navuas, you go by the first Navua. So the Satan came to Yitzhak and said, uh, your, your, your father's a Navi, that's how Hashem talks to him. His first Navias, Hashem said to him, that, that Yikari, that children will, the, the nation, will come from you, from you, Yitzchak. Then he got a second divorce to kill you. So you have to listen to the first divorce. So the first divorce was that you're supposed to, it's supposed to come from you, children. So maybe your father just didn't understand what he heard, in, you know, in the, in the second divorce, because the bottom line is, there's a contradiction. Hashem said, and I'll read you a little interesting, if I have a time, a medjish Hashem said, in fact, he, Abraham Abinu always thought it was Yishmael. So Hashem said, Kachet Bencha, he thought it was Yishmael. Es Yichidcha, he thought it was Yishmael. Asher Hafka, he thought it was Yishmael. Then Akash Baruch said, Es Yitzchot. Why do you have to say Es Yitzchot? Because Abraham Avinu thought like this. God just came to me and told me that from my son Yitzchot, the whole Jewish nation is going to happen. Right? Now he's coming to tell me, take your son and kill him. It must be Yishmael. I have two sons. He just told me from Yitzchot coming to my nation. And then he told me, kill one of your sons. It's got to be Yishmael. Because he just told me about Yitzchak. So this is what the Satan came and tried to tell Yitzchak that, and tell Avram that, that it can't be you. Because the, the Jewish nation is supposed to come out of you. So it can't be you. So either he heard it wrong and it's nobody or it's just small. It's not you. Okay. Now, listen to, listen to how twisted the Satan was. So the, the Satan tried to stop the Akedah. Right? So we all learn that why do you want to stop the Akedah? Why, do we, why, why does the Sultan want to stop the Akedah? Hello? He wanted him to fail his test and, and, and then he would win. Much deeper, much deeper than that. Much deeper than that. Because if, Yitzchak, if there's no Akedah and Yitzchak lives, Yitzchak can't have children. So if Yitzchak lives, the Jewish nation can't happen. So it wasn't about Avram passing the test and, oh, okay, big deal. It was much bigger than that. He knew that if there's going to be an Akeda, right? If there's going to be an Akeda, Yitzchak, he knew it was going to happen, which I'm going to tell you what happened. So he knew that if I could stop the Akeda, Yitzchak will go home, he'll get married, he's never going to have children. Because he had Neshama the Nukva. Yitzchak didn't know that. Now, they bring him to, they bring him to the, to, to the, they bring him to the Akedas Yitzchak. So the Medrash says, and, and all these, all these, the Chidot says, that what happened, Abraham Avinu begins to shech, begins to shech Yitzchak. You, you have two, you have an ear pipe and you have a, and you have a food pipe. When you shech something, you have to cut both pipes. He had started to cut the food pipe. And, that's when the Satan knocked it, knocked the, uh, knocked the thing out of his hand. And it says that, that the Malachim came 
and took Yitzchak because he was mortally you can't really save someone whose neck is cut open like that he was mortally injured and he, he, they took him to Ganeiden because on this world they could not have saved him they took him to Ganeiden and in Ganeiden they, they, um, they, they, they healed him and it says if you look in the Pesach in this week's parasha when Yitzchak meets Rivka it says Vatelech Lasuach Basada Lasuach Basada in Kabbalah means walking in Ganeiden that's the Sada it's called walking Suach Basada is Eit Hasada all these things that are used are, are, is, is in Ganeiden so how do we know that Yitzchak was in Ganeiden because of the Medrash because it says that when Yaakov benched his two sons and he smelled the clothing that Yitzchak that when Yitzchak mentions two sons and he smelled the clothing what was the clothing what was the clothing that he was wearing so it says that the clothing that Hashem made the 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 beged that Hashem made for Adam and Chava he made for Adam why because now Adam was out of Ganeiden and Adam had to hunt right it's very hard to hunt but the, when when you wore that clothing so the animal could not smell you so you could almost walk up to the animal and shecht it it could not smell you so that was Nimrod Nimrod who was the, the gibber Sayed he was the best hunter in the world the Torah tells us why was he the best hunter because he took that clothing that Adam left over he took that clothing and it says as we know Asaph came killed Nimrod the day that he came and said give me the the lentil beans to drink he had just killed Nimrod and taken this jacket. Okay, now that was his jacket. When when um, when when Yaakov went to steal the bechayra, so Rivka knew that that he's going to touch Yaakov's hands. Yaakov didn't have a lot of hair on his hands, so she told him, "Put on that jacket." Now it says that when he when he walked in, that Yitzchak said, "I smell Ganeiden." Because the jacket came from Ganeiden. Hashem made it in Ganeiden. So it had this very special smell. So they asked Akasha, how did Yitzhak know what Ganeiden smelled like? Right? So Rebchaim Vital says, how would he know? He was never in Ganeiden. There's a raya that he was in Ganeiden. But what happened when they shechted him? So he, they shechted him, he thought he, he his, so parachas nishmosa, says the chidah, his soul, the nukro, the female soul, left him. Where did he go? Into the aisle. The aisle that was the smach. So the neshama went into the aisle. Abraham Avinu, when he shechted the aisle, right? So that's when he did the tikkun on Chava's neshama. And when he shechted the aisle, now the neshama had to go somewhere else. There's a neshama, a person's neshama in the aisle. Where did it go? So it says that Yitzhak was 37 years old by the Akedah. Rivka met him when he was 40, which means the Rivka was born Mamashat the Akedah. So it says that the neshama of Chava and Sarah ended up going into Rivka. How do you know that? So if you look at this week's parsha, when when they when he brought her Eliezer, hold on, he brings her home. Now you're just unbelievable. All it all comes together. Sorry, Emo. That's where you put the parentheses over here. But Yitzchak brought Rivka to the tent, right? Sarah, Emo of Sarah, his mother, right? Zog Rashi, Sarah, Emo. She was Sarah, his mother. Says Rashi. The Nasus took my story, Imoy, she calls mine, and she was like Sarah. She calls mine, she Sarah Kayama, so you never dull it. We know that when Sarah lived in the tent, there were three miracles. The candles stayed lit a whole week. The, there was a, um, a cloud above the Ohel, and the bread stayed warm. So where did that come from? So the prophet is telling us, "Yeah, Yitzchak Ola, sorry, Imo, he can't have Rivka, but he loved Isha, but Yehava, but Yenachem Yitzchak Achri Imo." And he and and all these things says Rashi when she walked into the tent. All of a sudden, the the cloud came back, the bread got warm, and the and the candles lit up again. Why? Because she had the neshama, she had Sarah's neshama, and and she had Chava's neshama, and that's what the prophet is telling us. But Yivei Yitzchak Ola, sorry, Imo. 
he brought to the tent Sarah, his mother, says the Chidah. She was Sarah, and that's why it all came back. So, so what happened over here? So what happened over here? So because of that, he got a neshama duchra. His neshama in the cave left, and he got his male neshama. And now he's marrying Rivka. Rivka had his old neshama, had the neshama, the female neshama, which was Sarah and Chava, therefore Yitzhak could have children. So the, the fear of the Satan was that this, that, that this would happen. Because once there was an Akedah, he knew that Yitzhak's neshama would leave, and he'd get a male neshama, and he'd have children, and they'd be Yaakov and the Shvatim, and everything else would happen. So, so the same Satan that was telling him, I find it amazing, he's telling them, it's impossible that God could have said this, because if God said that your children are to come from you, then how could you, then how could you believe that you're gonna be shechted? Meanwhile, well really, if you're not gonna be shechted, you're never gonna have children, because he didn't say that. So he fools you. He's a game player. So he's coming to Yitzhak and saying, listen, he has two nevuas. One says, there's going to be many children from you. And the other one says, you have to be killed. Yes, it was one nevuah. Because without you being killed, the first and second nevuah were really the same. The first nevuah was that's going to come from you. The second nevuah was Shech Yitzhak. Because without Shech Yitzhak, the first nevuah couldn't come true. That's his game. That's his game. When he shows you what you think makes sense. Like, how could Hashem have said that? Like, like, like if I give away money for tzedakah, I'm going to become poor. Right? Meanwhile, no, Hashem says, Asher, Asher. If you give away money, you're going to become rich because the only money that you really have is the money you give away. What you give away is yours. What is yours will be taken away. My Rebbe used to always say that when he collected tzedakah. He says, you give it for tzedakah, no, like, nobody can ever take it away from you. Nobody can rob it. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can take it from you because you gave it. What you give away is yours. What you have can be taken away. He used to always say that. It's true. It's very, very true. All right. There's also a very fascinating, very fascinating shot over here. And the shot is like this. So, so I don't know if you... It, it was something that I struggled with as a kid very much. This whole story with Suri Menu. That, 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 that she heard bad news, she heard that her son's gonna be shechted, and she, that's why she died. And you understand that? You're talking about Sari Menu. You think Avram Avinu was bigger than Sari Menu? Hashem said by the Nevoah that Sari Menu was bigger than Avram Avinu. So, so, you, how do you understand that? That Sari Menu's home, and the Sultan shows up, and he says, you know what? Your husband just took your son to Akeda. Oh my God, I can't handle it, and she dies. How do you understand that? Because that's not what really happened. So what really happened was as follows. And there's a fantastic Mida, Kenegad Mida, absolutely amazing. Listen to this and then I'll tell you a story. He says the following. What happened when Sarah heard that she's going to have a child? What did she do? She laughed, right? We all know she laughed. What happened when Hashem faced her and said, why are you laughing? Why is Sarah laughing? That she's too old. Is there something Hashem can't do? And Sarah denied it. She said, No, Hashem. I did not laugh. Because I, I fear you. Hashem said, no, no. You laughed. Don't tell, don't tell me you didn't laugh. You did laugh. So she denied it. And Hashem said, no, I know what's going on. You laughed, right? Okay. What happened here? Unbelievable. Listen to this shot. How did she die? How did she die? She says the following. That he came. Let me see where it is exactly. Um, There's many different medrash how, how he did this, but let's see what he says over here. Oh, okay. So he says the following. Do you should know, that you should know that because of the Akedah, Sarah died. Okay, because of the Akedah. What happened? He says, this is what really happened. When the Satan saw, he said he couldn't stop Avraham Nobody listened to him, right? Like we learned before. He went to visit Sarah in Beersheba. 
and he showed up in front of her. He's a master of disguise. In the shape of an old man. Riding on a camel. He said to her, Do you know what just happened to you? Your husband took your beautiful son Yitzchak, and he built a, an altar on his beach. And he tied down his hands and his feet. He just slaughtered your son. That's what he told her. And, and Yitzhak cried to, that he shouldn't do it. And he didn't have any pity. When Sarah heard this, the surah, she was in very, very, in a lot of pain. That she, she was very close to Yitzchak. Again, there were one soul. Okay? And that's why she died, actually. The Chidot says, because she was one soul, and that soul went into the animal, the minute Avram shechted the ayol, Sarah also had to die. Because that neshama had to go into Rivka. So they can't both have, have a neshama at the same time, the same neshama. So the neshama that went into Rivka, which later on the Pasuk says called Rivka Sarah when she came to the oil, right? So the minute he shechted the animal, Sari Menu had to die. Because that neshama had to leave her so it could go into Rivka. So that's what happened. But right at this point, she didn't die yet. He's telling her the story, right? And so she's in a lot of pain, but listen to what he did. He's a player. So she said, I don't believe you, old man. I'm going to check it out myself. So she started asking people that were passing by, did you see them? Did you see my husband and my son? She had some, I don't know who Avadja was. Yeshiva Sheva So she sent them to Yeshiva to see maybe Yitzhak's there. They went looking for him. She went to the three giants. They were the three giants that were living in those days. They were, they were huge. They were very, very high. They were very, very tall. She asked them, If they could see from far, an old man, that was going with three kids, Yitzchak, Ishmael, and Eliezer. They answered her. They said, We see an old man. Who's tying up a child? And he has a knife in his hand. Okay, they could see. They were giants. They could see above all them. And the Satan came back to Sarah. For Amr, when he said, Omar, he said, the E, you should know. I want you to know I'm an angel. And I want you to know that that old man who came to you, who told you that your husband, Shechted your son, is a liar. And the whole thing is a Shechter. He said, I'm an angel. I don't lie. I'm telling you that your son is healthy and everything in Ishlemus and he's, everything is, is fine. When Sarah heard this Good news. She didn't lose her neshama because she felt bad that her husband was doing this mitzvah that Hashem said. He went ahead and he told her he's dead. They said we see someone shechting a kid, and then he came back and he said, "No, no, no. The whole thing's a sheker. I'm a malach, and I'm telling you, he's healthy." She said, "He's not that he's healthy." She was so happy from simcha she died. Okay, everyone got that. What's the midah kenegem midah? What caused her death? That the Satan denied what he said. He first said, he first said he's dead. He's, he shafted him and he's dead. Then he came back and said, joking, I'm just kidding, ha ha. I made a joke, right? Uh, right? It's the separate, that's Kabbalah. Now we're talking Rashi, regular. Right? Push up shot, as they say. What's the, what's the amazing part here? She was being punished. What was her punishment? What did she do wrong? She said to Hashem, she said, I did not laugh. 
And Hashem said, you did laugh. So over here, he said, he's dead. And then, he denied what he said. And that's what killed her. Her Avera was, she denied what she said. She was really laughing. She said, I'm not laughing. So Hashem said, you denied what, you denied the truth of what was really happening. So he came ahead, made up a story, and then he denied what he said. And that caused, so with Mida Kenega Mida, what she did caused her death. So Yaakov Amoy is. Now you're there. How, how, how can she deny what God saw? Amen. So there's many pshatim. Right. Because, because, no, 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 no. She is much deeper than that. If you, if you come and tell me some news, right? You tell me, Gary Walstein, tomorrow I'm bringing you a $2 million check for Arnava. Right? Now, I can laugh. I can say, I can laugh. <laughs> right? It could be for two reasons. One is, yeah, right. The other one is, wow, that's amazing. I'm laughing. I'm happy. She said, I laughed. But I didn't laugh because I didn't believe. Hashem said, Hashem's time to her was, is there something I can't do? You're laughing like sarcastic, like, ha, that's not going to happen. She said, look, look, it's the Of course she laughed. Everyone saw her laugh. She said, I wasn't laughing that I didn't believe you. I was laughing that, wow, I'm going to have a child. And Hashem said, no. Really deep down, you didn't believe me. That was the discussion. How is she going to deny? What? She didn't deny. She, she was saying, I was happy. And Hashem was like, no, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, Hashem was saying, but deep down, you still, you didn't believe me. In, in other words, he's telling me I'm going to get $2 million tomorrow. So I'm laughing because I'm happy. But deep down, deep down in my heart, I'm like, yeah, I want to see him show up tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Right, but see, so she got punished. The punishment she got was exactly Mida Kenega Mida. He said something, then he denied it. He, he said something, and you denied it. You laughed, and you denied it. He said something, he denied it. It's Mida Kenega Mida. That's why she died that way. Well, she has to die with the satan and a story, and he has to back off his own story. No, I'm saying, but he has to back off his story. Why is that? Why is such a. Such a Right, and the answer is his, he, he, he's also the Macham Aves. The way he took her in the Shama, whatever it was, was the way she la- you laughed and then you denied you laughed. I told you a story, then I denied the story, and that's what Taka calls her to die. Okay, there's like there's like a lot a lot of stuff, but I'm um, I'm going to end with I'm going to end with a, a good story that has also to do with this week um, with this week's parsha. So <laughs> there's so much. Okay, you got the Moshe Rabbeinu thing, right? That jewel got down. Like that's going to blow everybody away. Also, um, if you want to know how holy sorry with all this, how holy sorry Menu is, if you look at the word Vayiyu Chaye Sara Mea, is is uh, the the last letter in Vayiyu is a Vav, the last letter in Chaye is a Yud, the last letter in Sara is a Hey, and the last letter in Mea is a, a Hey, which is the safe tables of Hashem Yudke Bavke. In in this puzzle, is Hashem is Hashem's name. Again, we'll do it again. Vayiyu. Is a vav. Chaye is a yud. Sara is a hey. Mea is a hey. Those are the letters of Hashem's name. Yudkei vavkei. And these were the years of Sarah, the life of Sarah. So, so it shows you that the life of Sarah. It says that all the years were like were like um, were were equally holy. Now, if you want to know how you know that Avram and Sarah were Gilgal of Adam and Chava, right? It says, Vayavo Avraham Lisbon. Avraham came this week's Pasha to say a eulogy. If you take the last letter of Vayavo as an Aleph, the last word of Avraham is a Mem, and the last word of Lisbon is, is a, is a Dalit, which spells Adam. Vayavo, the word Vayavo is the Gematria of Chava. So this whole thing was Adam and Chava. Adam, which was Avraham, was giving a eulogy on Chava, which was Sarah. He, oh, he's always very careful to um, to what's it called to make everything fit now how do you know because you want just, just I'm, I'm doing this for everyone who's watching because because I told you a lot about Gugulim just he says just really fast you want to look it up it's in your Gimel Sari Menu Kishali the Yitzhak Avinu Shalom when, when Sari Menu gave birth to Yitzhak Avinu Ba'alo neshama denukva. In him came a female neshama. In his womb, 
before the Akedah, they were inseparable. And there's a Medjish Tanchuma here that says, it's, I don't want to really talk about it too much, but the Medjish Tanchuma says that, that, uh, that, that Yitzchak said to his father that I'm not worried about myself. I don't understand what this means, but now I a little bit do understand what this means. He says, Ah, oh, now I understand what it means. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He says to his father, I'm not worried about myself, but my mother, if you kill me, my mother will kill herself. Now, now she's not committing suicide, right? I mean, we know that, right? Raymond was not committing suicide. But listen to this. This is what he says to him. This is amazing. Um... So he tells his father. He also says, "Do me a favor. When you tell my mother, make sure she's not standing. When you tell my mother what you did, make sure she's not standing on a mountain or near a hole because she'll jump." We want to hear this inside. Pretty crazy, no? Hold on. See it inside. Okay, Yachaliyim, I said last week, right? Remember that 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 you could, you have enough room in your heart to love your children equally. Anyone remember that from last week? Did I say it here last week? Hello. He said a hafta is bincha tzichicha shahafta. I said that. No. What? Oh, you got to hear this. I didn't tell you the story with the guy in the appetizing store with me. Erev Shabbos. What? I said about the grills. Oh, so you gotta hear this. I'll talk to you very fast. So this is this guy that's sort of a friend of mine, but he, if I say white, he says black. If I say it's night, he says it's day. Whatever I say is the opposite. And he's always challenging that, challenging that I'm Rabbi Walsh. Whatever. It's a love-hate relationship. Anyway. So, I go, I go on Friday, two weeks ago. I go to, um, Schwartz's Appetizing on Avenue L. And I'm shopping for Shabbos, and he walks in, and he gives me a crazy compliment. He says, you know, I want you to know that I was with your grandson by davening on your kipper, and he davened, your favorite grandson was there, and he davened, beautiful, even though his father was there to store with me, he stood there holding your kipper, and he, and he, and he davened, it was a pleasure, he gave me a compliment, it's a pleasure. Now I understand why he's your favorite grandson. I said, excuse me? I don't have a favorite grandson. I don't, I don't have favorite children. I love all my grandchildren equally. And I love all my five daughters equally, and I love all my son-in-laws equally. Ah! Wallerstein, he's different than the whole world. Everyone has a favorite child. There's no such thing as a parent that doesn't have a favorite child. And there's no such thing as a teacher that doesn't have a teacher's pet. And don't tell me that you're different than everyone else, and you love all your... I know you love all your children, but you can't love them all equally. It's impossible. You know, why? And he, goes, he says, because if there's one child that's like you more than the others, you like him more. Or the kid that's most not like you, you like more. But the rest of them are boring. So, the, the, you know, there's always a favorite child. You don't have a favorite child. Yosef, and he's going to be he's, he's very loud, so the whole appetizer is there. So I'm like, you can say whatever you want. You can't tell me what I feel in my heart. My five daughters, I love exactly equally. And my grandchildren, I love exactly equally. No, impossible, you know, like brushing me off like, yeah, yeah, you, you're different. Well, well, Rabbi Wallerstein, you're different than everyone else. You, you understand kids. And he's going off on me, whatever it is. I'm like, have a good Chavez, good Chavez. Enjoy yourself, goodbye, leave me alone. Okay. Fine, and and then the people in the store start getting busy with it. He's right, you, you know. Everybody really does. You know, my father loved me most. I said, no. Every kid has to think. If you ask them who who is your father, your parents' favorite, that is them. Your, your kids have to believe that. You know, all my grandchildren. If I would ask them, so who's my favorite grandchild? Me, me. So your job is that each one should think for sure. Right? But honestly, you really have to love them equally because kids kids know. But anyway, it's impossible. And, and, you know, it's funny because I, I, I went into it, I asked a bunch of people, and a lot of people do have favorites. It's not, I'm not 100% right, but what I was saying is that you could equally love your children. And he was like, you can't. A lot of people do have favorites, and a lot of teachers do have favorites. I, I say that you, okay, fine, 
I can't argue with this guy. I just not. I don't have the energy for it, and I never win ever. So you can't win. It's one of those guys you can't win. Fine, over. What to Shabbos? I learned. I learned Kabbal. I learned Zayar, and I learned. I learned Medrash. What to Shabbos? You have, you have the extra neshama. What to Shabbos? You have neshama yisera. So if you're going to learn Kabbalah or things that are a little bit hidden, Mister, that's where you want to learn it because you have the special neshama to learn it. You know. Okay, so you're not supposed to pull after you're forty. I'm way after that anyway. But I, lo- I always learned. Always learned Medrash. Okay, so it's a Medrash Tachuma, Pashivayera. Open it up wherever it opens up to. Right. So open it up to the end. I want to read you what it says. So it's like 11 o'clock at night, maybe later. And I'm learning, it says the following. Hashem comes to Avram Avinu. But Yoman, he says, Kachna, first of all, that's where, where the magic word comes from. Every time Hashem asks you to do something, he says, no. Kachna, by, by Moshe Rabbeinu, he said, Kachna. So here he's telling Avram to take his child. He doesn't say, take your child. But Yomer, Kachna, please take. It's Bincha. Take your son. Armalo. So Romavino says to him, Ezeben. Which son? I have two sons, Yishmael. And he said, which son? Armaloi. Hashem says to him, Esichitcha. Your only son. Armalo. So Avram says to Hashem, Zeyachad li'imoy. Zeyachad li'imoy. Yishmael is the only son of Hagar. And Yitzhak is the only son of Sarah. So I still don't know which son you want me to take? Because he thought Yishmael was what he... Because it didn't make sense to take Yitzchak. Okay. So Hashem said, okay. Amalai, Asher Hafta. Take the one that you love. Amalai, Shnei I love them both. Here it comes. Amalai, Hashem says to Abraham Avinu, I know you love them both. Your favorite one. The one that you love more than the other. So, so far, he's right. You could love, love more. Amalo, said Abraham Avinu to Hashem, Is there a limit for feelings in one's gut? Do you have to love one more than the other? Hashem, you gave enough love to love everyone equally. You can love both children equally, all nine children equally. I was like, ah. I dialed my phone, I'm like, Hello? I'm like, I want to read you a medrash. He actually said, I can't believe Hashem loves you so much. <laughs> he, said, you, he said, you're not reading me the medrash. I said, I'll come to your house tomorrow. I'll show you the medrash. Tanku. He said, you're making it up. I'm like, I'm not making it up. I, I showed it to him. The medrash says, Avram Avinu said to Hashem, what do you mean the one I love more? You could love, you have enough love in your heart to love, to love everyone equally. Now, you can ask me, so Hashem didn't know that. So first of all, Hashem wanted him to say it for us to know about it but second of all it just made the test much harder if he would have just said take your son Yitzchak okay but he said no take uh, have to take the one take your special one take the one you love take the one you love more than any other one so he, he made the test much harder but it's the favorite Medjistan Chuma here favorite Medjistan Chuma that yes, you could love all your children equally. He said, Hashem, there's not enough love in my heart to love them equally. Of course there is. So, and that's, and, and I could just tell you, when you're going to be parents, your kids know. The worst thing that a child could ever live through is that he's not a favorite. Each child has to think he's the most important thing to his parents. The worst thing you could do is have a favorite. And the worst thing a Rebbe could do, destruction of a class, is to have a teacher's pet. And it's hard sometimes, because sometimes the best kid, and you know, you keep, get me the coffee, get me this, no, no, each kid has to feel extremely important. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm we'll, we'll continue next week, there's, there's two things, I'm, so I'm speaking in the, uh, I'm a little surprised, but I'm speaking in the, I go to convention Thursday night, and the, and the, what I'm speaking about is chinuch of children at home. So I just want to tell you something, for years I'm talking about this, and Hashem gave me this Ein file this week, um, preparing for this year. So I'm against Facebook and I'm against the internet. You know that I have this little phone over here. I don't have the phone. But the Misa, the reason I'm against it because I see the damage that it does. It does a lot of good, but I see a lot of damage that it does. But I, I was always wondering, why? Why is it so unbelievable that today 
Everyone's on Facebook. Everyone, everyone's on social network. Everyone's looking at their phones all the time. Hashem didn't have to create us on two feet anymore because we're always looking down. We could put us like on four, you know, on four. We've been fine. And and what makes it tick? Billions and billions and billions and billions of followers and and and, and billions and billions of people are on the internet. There weren't billions of people watching TV. What what's special about it? And I I figured it out this week. And I know what makes it tick. And I'll tell you what makes it tick. When I give a class, like right now I'm giving a class, right? We're not interactive. I'm giving you a class and you're listening. You have no input. I have all the input. You're the receivers. So if you're tired, you're going to fall asleep. If you're ADD, the minute I switch channels, I'm going to lose you. Totally. When I look into a book even, I know that when I give a share and I say the whole share by heart, I have everybody. The minute I start reading from inside, I lose half the class. If somebody asks a question, and the reason I don't allow questions when I give a share is because if you ask me a question, they're not interested in your question. I lose them all. And then to get them back is not so easy. So when you're giving a class, right? So honestly, it's very nice that you all come to my share, but you have no input in my share. I mean... Right now, I mean, once in a while, a little word here and a little answer here. You don't really have input in A human being, a human being needs to be recognized. And the way that we're recognized is by having input. So the best class would be for me to ask a question and then ask every single body in the class your opinion. And we'd all be yelling and screaming at each other. And it would be amazing. It would be an hour. You would feel like it's two minutes. And if we could, if we could do that, I would have you all day and all night learning. There will be no problem having you learning. Because every single person has to have input. Now, if I was to give everyone in this room a phone, but you can only receive texts, you cannot send texts, you can only receive texts, you will not use that phone after an hour, you'll be finished. You say, Rebbe, I don't, need, I don't want phones anymore. I Just the opposite. I'd rather talk to someone than, te- than just receive texts. Why? The whole godless of the internet the whole godless of the social network is that when I get a text, I send one back. I have input in every conversation. You send me one, I send you back. You send me one, I have Facebook, I have a wall. You're sending me stuff, I'm sending you stuff. I'm not sitting there. If I was sitting there and I had a wall and everybody could send me stuff, but I can't send, right? After a while, I'm bored. I'm not interested in all your stuff coming in. It's So the, the chat rooms, the internet, the texting, the whole thing, it's godless. So whether... Some human being came up with this idea, or it's the Satan's idea, right? Whose idea, how it, how it came into the world? It's brilliant. Because everyone who has a phone, an iPhone, right, has input. You all have input. Television doesn't have input. It's just output. You stand, you watch in front of a box, you can't talk to them, you can't send them a message, right? You can't tell the quarterback, you know, throw the ball, he's open. You have no you have no interactive, you have no no input. So television is dying. It's dying. And to a very big extent, where a person was on the phone without watching TV for five hours, he is now watching TV for an hour, but he's four hours on his internet. Because when I'm on the internet and I'm in a chat room, I have input in this conversation. Nobody knows me. I might be writing the most dumb things in the world, but I have input. So you have these morons, right, who are, who do blogging sometimes. They're morons, and they write the most stupid things in the world, right? And they sit all day and do nothing, but they're blogging. What are they doing? It's not the blog. It's like, I have input, and you're reading my input. Sold to the whole world. Trillion people. Trillion people. Interactive. That's what the human being is. So they put it, they made it a possibility that you have a machine that you're interactive, whether it's whether at the end of the day you have nothing from it, you talk the whole day on the internet, when you turn it off, you're like, am I any smarter? No. Do I have any more friends? Are they real friends? I have 900 friends on my Facebook. If I ask them for 10 bucks, that's nine grand. I don't even have to go to work for the next few weeks. You're not getting 10 bucks. You're not getting one dollar. Okay? You're not getting one dollar if you're lucky. So, and, and, and all these people that are, that are, so it's interesting because the one the one question on my theory, on my own question on my theory, is Twitter. Because you can't Twitter back, right? You can so reply. You, can reply. you could reply? Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. 
I thought that the movie starts just sending you, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm cutting my nails, I'm picking my, I'm picking my nose, I just put my sweet low on my coffee, and everyone's like, oh, put the real low on coffee off! Okay, but if you could reply, okay, because, and, that, and, that's, and that's why we have to change, is what I'm talking about, we have to change the way we teach. Because if a kid is interactive on his computer all day, then he comes into a class where he has nothing to say. He's not interested. If a kid is interactive the whole day on his phone, and then he comes home, and, and his parents are like, you know, at the Shabbos table, the father's giving the Dvatayra at the kitchen table, the mother's telling, you know, there's no interaction where you have to give the child a voice. You have to give him a chance to have an opinion. Even if the opinion is stupid, doesn't matter. And you have, the, you have some of the craziest blogs, stupidity totally, on the internet, who cares? They just they just type it out. They're just happy that I'm that, you know. So if your kid says something silly, let him say something silly. You gotta. We we have to become in teaching and we have to become in parenting interactive with our kids. We can't just be I'm output 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 output. You have nothing to say. You're a little kid. You don't understand. You don't understand. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. Because they're gonna find someone that will listen to them. And they're all over the internet. And there's some of them are bad people. Some of them are good people. Some of them are different kinds of people. And that, that is the secret of the whole social network. It's all based on that until the social network, all we got was output, output, output. People were just t- talking to us and talking to us and giving a shiurim and telling us what to do. And we had no say. When you say, you exist. When you receive, doesn't mean you exist. So if I was to open this class... Right? Some guys dozed off a little bit in the beginning of my share. Some guys dozed off in the middle of the share. But if I would open this class and say, I want, I'm not giving a class tonight. Tonight it's you. You're giving me the class. Here's the question. I want to hear everybody's opinion. Guys will be fighting with each other. I promise you nobody will sleep. Because when there's input and output, there's nobody that sleeps. But when there's only output, people sleep. Alright. So let's, it's very late. Yeah. No input, no input. You have no input. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> see, see, this, this is part of the thing what I was trying to say. Right, but I just lost two guys. Button. Everything is push buttons, so it's instantaneous. I think that also has something to do with it. It's, you, you can reply at any time you want. You right, right, right. Right, you don't have to wait. Right, so it's interactive, right. You can, you can type while the other thing's coming in. The other question beforehand. All right, we're going to end with this. So, so, just a very short story. Someone from England, he sends me Dvatars all the time. Just very, 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 very beautiful. And it has to do with what I said tonight about Bahasa Satan Mechrein, or to get the Satan away from behind us. So he tells us, he tells a story about this father who takes his little girl, she's four years old, and he takes her into this, like, toy store, whatever it is, and she sees a, uh, she sees a, a bunch of pearls, right? A strand of pearls. They're fake, you know, the pearls that peel, whatever it is. And she goes, Oh, daddy, I would love if you could buy me pearls. I love pearls. They're fake pearls. Two dollars, he buys her the pearls. And she wears these pearls and she's five years old and nine years old and she loves these pearls. And they're peeling. She doesn't take it off when she sleeps. She doesn't take it off when in the bath. She doesn't take it off in the shower. She's very connected. It's like her blanket, you know, a security blanket. Her security pearls. And now she's 16 years old. And she's wearing these fake, they catch up, peeled off, cheap pearls. And he goes to his door and he says, listen, I, I want you to take off the pearls. You're too old for this. And she's like, dad, you want to ask me anything you want in life, I'll do for you. Please don't make me take off these pearls. This is, I need them. Okay. He waits another week. He goes back and he says, you're 16 years old. These are $2 pearls. Please take off your pearls. You shouldn't be wearing this anymore. Daddy, I sleep with them. I get up with them. I go to school with them. Don't do this to me. Do not ask me to take off my pearls. He says, all right, I'm going to try one more time. The following week, he goes through, he says, please, it's enough. Take off these silly pearls. They appeal, it, it makes you look cheap. It makes you look like a baby. It, everyone knows they're not real. They're yellow. They're peeled off. Take off these pearls. No, daddy, I'm begging you. I'm not taking, don't ask. Okay. Two days later, she knocks on his door. He opens the door. She's holding the pearls. She says, this is very, very hard for me, but I see that it means so much to you. Okay, here's the pearls. And he takes the pearls, and he throws them in the garbage. And her heart's like, broken. She's like, 
you don't have to throw them in the garbage. He goes, no, they have to go to the garbage. They're, they're done. And he takes out a pouch and he opens it up and he says, it's time for you to wear real pearls. And he gives her the real pearls and they're gorgeous. And she puts them around her neck. And she says to him, why did you wait so long? Like, we could have done this three years ago. I would, I would have had real pearls three years ago. And he says, there comes a certain time when you just have to get rid of the toys. And I understood, this is godless, listen to this. I understood that when you were a young girl or when you were 13, you would have loved the new pearls, but you would have, you would have worn both of them. You wouldn't have given me up the old pearls. You would have wanted to wear both of them. But you can't wear both of them. You can't wear beautiful real pearls with this garbage. So I had to wait till you were old enough that I thought that you would get rid of the garbage and wear the real. He says something neiridic. I don't know, maybe, maybe to do my magid mushal. I don't know where the mushal is from. He says something neiridic. He says, Hashem asks us all the time, don't do this, don't do this, take it off, get rid of it. Take it off, get rid of it. And you're like, Hashem, you can ask me anything you want. Don't mess with my, don't mess with my videos. Don't mess with my drugs. Don't mess with my drink. Don't mess with my cigarettes. Don't mess with my gambling. Don't, you know, whatever you want. I'll put on fill and I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go over seeking. But don't, don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. And Hashem waits. And he waits. And he waits. And when the person does tshuva, finally, if he does, and he says to Kirsch here, you want it so badly, you don't want me to do this? Here's my old pearls. That's when he gives you the new ones. You can't wear both of them at the same time. You can't wear the other stuff, the garbage and the baloney and the toys and all that other stuff. You can't wear that together with the real pearls with the Torah. So there are many guys that are like, I don't understand. I try to learn. I want to learn. It doesn't happen. Hashem is like, because you can't wear my real pearls when you're wearing internet and movies and all the other stuff that you're wearing. You can't wear them both. So you need to take the old ones off. But I promise you, when you take the old ones off and throw them in the garbage... I'll give you the real thing. What's the real thing? Siat Deshmaya and Tyra. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.